Oh God, if I can help somebody along the way, then my living is not in vain. We're little people on a very big planet. But may the life and the love of Christ so grip us that our living here, there, anywhere will not be in vain. For we live to live out the love of Christ our Lord to make a difference now before he comes. We're here to plunge into your word again. Make it clear. Call us to whatever decision you need for your kingdom's sake, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Look, relationships are huge for third millennials. I consider myself living in the third millennium. Relationships are huge. Case in point, take this brouhaha over one of the stars of Notre Dame's almost champions football team. You surely have heard of Manti Teo. Whether you are a sports fan or not, unless you were sleeping the last three days in, here in Michiana, his name has been plastered on the walls of news reports. What's the big deal? All because this star linebacker with Notre Dame has been the subject of a feeding frenzy by the press over his claim to have had an online girlfriend. Now, that's not such a big deal. Relationships happen online. Oh, I have 3,000 friends. I've never met any of them, but they're my friends. I mean, that's how we talk with social media. Isn't that right? Yeah. So it's not so big a deal. But what happened was in September, Manti Teo announced that his girlfriend died two days after his beloved grandmother, and so everybody in the nation rallies around him in sympathy. But now the story is piece by piece emerging that not only had he never met this online girlfriend face-to-face, -face, which isn't so terribly unusual, but it is now possible she never existed at all. Was he a part, this hunk of a Notre Dame linebacker? Had, was he a part of somebody duping him, an elaborate hoax online? Or could it be he was part of the scam, creating attention and affection for himself? I have no idea. I have no idea how the story will turn out. Somebody came to me and gave me a little piece between services. I don't know. Here's what I hope. I hope for Manti Teo, he'll be okay. But this much I do know. I know that his story is a paradigm of life on this planet today. Relationships are everything to us. Offline, online, it doesn't matter. In fact, let me just tell you this. Relationships are not only huge to millennials, they are huge. I figured this out, finally. They're, they're, they've been huge to every generation on earth. Every time a new generation comes along, we like to say, oh boy, they're really big on relationships. Are you kidding? The GI generation, they were big on relationships. Baby boomers, big on relationships. Gen Xers, big on relationships. We're all big. You know why? Same creator, we've been wired to need each other. And I tell you what, the church that forgets that does so at great peril to her own future. Take these words from Frank Newport, editor-in-chief of the Gallup organization. You know the Gallup team. They survey the nation, trends, demographics. He's written a new book, God is Alive. I love the title, God is Alive and Well, The Future of Religion in America. One of his forecast conclusions concerns the communal life of this nation. From his surveying, he makes this prognostication about this millennium and this century. I'll put it on the screen for you. No study guy today. Got back too late from that meeting in uh, Laurel, Maryland. So you just have to 
drink this in one time through. Frank Newport, the religion of tomorrow may increasingly emphasize informal aspects of community and less hierarchy. Growth will come to branded churches. That means churches networked in denominations. Growth will come to branded churches to the extent that they emulate non-denominational approaches and highlight community, togetherness, and social fabric ties. Religious leaders will recognize that the social lives of today's potential parishioners, all right, this is America. This is not Europe. This is not Australia. This is America, not Africa and Asia. This is America. But religious leaders will recognize that the social lives of today's potential parishioners are more and more involved with ad hoc groupings, informal networking, and interaction with those who share affinities. Interesting. Americans, last line, will increasingly recognize that the social and community aspects of religion are very valuable, end quote. Manti Teo is not some sort of aberration. He is all of us. Relational beings hungry for community, which sets us up perfectly for part two in this little mini-series to begin the new year, To Be Friends. Let's put that title slide up. Some of you watching live streaming, we're glad you're here. Some of you catching this on television, we're glad you have. You see that website, www.pmchurch.tv. You go to the website, you get the whole, whole mini-series there. You get the study guides, the video casts, and so on. Hey, we just sang it, worship team. By the way, great job, Justin. Nice, nice work with that uh, singing. I am a friend. Last week we were in, in John 15. Jesus said, I have called you friends. You are my friends. I am a friend of God. We sang it a moment ago. So now we're going to build on that, the next piece. What's the title of this teaching? Get ready, get set, grow. But the question is how? Well, the answer is found in what I have for breakfast. I know you've been curious. What does the boy eat every morning? So, since you asked, I'm going to have a children's story right now. Are there, any ch are there any children here in second service? If you are a child, put your hand up. Let me just see where you are. Children, 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 wave your hand at me because I have to see you. Wave, 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 more, more, more. Any in the back? Come on, wave, wave, wave. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so this is for the kids. Breakfast. Okay, boys and girls, you call it out when I pull it out of the bag. What? do I have for breakfast? Well, I gotta have this for sure. Okay, what is this, boys and girls? Silk. What is silk? Fake milk. That's what this is. It's soy milk. And boys and girls, it's good for you. All right. Okay, what else do I have for breakfast? Hey. Okay. What is it? What kind of cereal? Granola. Could you smell it there? This is my wife Karen's homemade granola. The best. All right, so you have granola. Okay, boys and girls, we have milk, granola. Let's see. Oh, do you know what this is? What is this? Do you know what I do with this? I have a recipe for making toast, so I make toast every morning with this bread. This is from Apple Valley. This is the best. It's round and it's called sprouted wheat bread. Naturally sweetened. Oh, this is very good. I had two slices this morning. So it's always two slices. Homemade granola, milk. Okay. What else? Oh, well, if you have bread, you have to have this, boys and girls. What is this? You go. You're very good. You probably have the same breakfast every morning, too. Okay, so this is, this is peanut butter. Good peanut butter. And what goes on top? Huh? 
You're right, it's jam, not jelly. I refuse to eat jelly. It has to be jam, and it has to be raspberry, and it has to have this, but, but the jam means you have the seeds in it, and I love the seeds, so that's what that is. Our, oh, boys and girls, I forgot. What do you have on top of your cereal? I said, Karen, could you go out and buy me a nice yellow one of these? But she went to Apple Valley, they're all green as green, and I tell you what, green is not good for uh, bananas. So I put the banana right there. Now, boys and girls, I know something about you that you do not know. I know the first food you ever ate in your life. I can put my hand on your forehead. I put my hand, oh, I can tell that. Yep. Oh, there's a little girl. What did, oh, I know. You say, how do you know, Pastor? Just because I do. The first food, in fact, you help me out. What is the first food you ever ate in your life? Huh? Milk. This is from one of our seminarians who's young enough to still have kids. Pastor Art, where are you? Sitting right up here somewhere? There you are. Thank you. Youth director of, of Illinois, but over here getting his uh, Master of Divinity. Thank you, Pastor Art. Because I, I went to Karen last night. I said, hey, listen, honey, we, 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 we have a uh, bottle somewhere in this house, don't we? She said, nope. I said, come on. We've, we had thousands of them. Nope. Come on. Kirk's only 33 and Chrissy's only 26. There's got to be bottles around here somewhere. She said, nope. So thank you, Pastor Art. Boys and girls, have you ever drunk from one of these? Yes, you have. Okay. What would happen, boys and girls? Now, hold on, hold on. Boys and girls, what would happen if you said, Mommy? Now, some of you drank from Mommy, and that's good. Nothing wrong with that. But eventually, Mommy said, you're going to a bottle. <laughs> so what would happen if you said, Mommy? Oh, I love this bottle so much. I, I never want to get the bottle up. I want to always... Be on this bottle. Could you have chosen to be on the bottle forever and ever? Well, you could have. Would you grow if you were on only the bottle forever and ever? Answer, no. Because, boys and girls, you not only have to have milk, but what are these called right here? They're called solids. Solids. Solid, solid, solid. Did your mother, when you, get, when you got bored, did your mother say, would you like some granola? Could you have chewed the granola? No. You had to have milk. But the time comes, boys and girls, when you move from milk to solids. If you stay on milk the whole time, somebody's going to say, that is a very strange boy. That is a very strange... She's in college and still drinking from a bottle? Boys and girls, that's what Jesus is telling us. Do you know what, boys and girls? The Bible says this is to be what you eat every day. What I eat for breakfast, we're supposed to have every day. You say, oh, pastor, is that really in the Bible? Let's check it out. Let's now re-engage mom and dad, and let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to 1 Peter, a book that we don't go to very much. Let's find out, boys and girls, does the Bible talk about what we should be eating? Let's find out. 1 Peter chapter 2. Grab your Bible, 1 Peter chapter 2. You didn't bring a Bible, grab the pew Bible. You're going to want to see this in the Bible. Page number in the pew Bible is page 815. The Bible says this is what you are supposed to be eating every day. Let's find out. 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm in the NIV today, the New International Version, whatever translation you have. I'm just glad you have a translation. If it's on your smartphone, fine by me. You got that little iPad or that tablet, good. Let's go. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Like newborn babies. Oh. Crave pure spiritual milk so that by it 
you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Is Jesus good? Oh, Jesus is very good. Once you've tasted that Jesus is good, Peter's saying, you drink that milk. Drink that milk. So I went to Google. I said, okay, should we be drinking milk all the way through life? Oh, my, I wish I hadn't asked that question. A hundred different responses with everybody's opinion, including the American Dairy Association. And what do you think their opinion is? In fact, I found the very first. You remember their commercials, Got Milk? Remember that, Got Milk? This is the first commercial they ever produced for television. So it's a little scratchy. I'm going to put it YouTube on the screen. But first, I need to set it up. There's a young man. He's spreading a peanut butter slice of bread. He is the curator, perhaps, in the Alexander Hamilton Museum. He's listening to classical radio, and they move into a surprise quiz. We're going to call a number at random, okay? Now, just listen and watch. That was the Vienna Wood Dancing Bee, one of my all-time favorites. And now, let's make that random call with today's $10,000 question. It's a tough one. Who shot Alexander Hamilton in that famous duel? All right, let's go to the phones and see who's out there. Hello? Hello, for $10,000, who shot... Excuse me? I'm in I'm afraid your time is almost up. I'm sorry, maybe next time. Got milk. All right, we, we know how the American Dairy Association feels. You got to have milk. We know how Peter feels. You have to, got milk, you have to have it. That's Peter's point. Read it again. 1 Peter 2, verse 2, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Newborn babies have to have milk. Whether you were breastfed or bottle fed, your first diet more than likely was milk wherever you were born on this planet. So how long should we stay on milk? That was the question. And Google has all kinds of opinions. In fact, Time Magazine, just this last year, we get time at our house, came out with a cover story, and when I saw the cover, I said, this is going to elicit a furious response. In fact, I'm not even, not even going to put the cover on the screen for you. The article was reporting on the debate about how long mothers should breastfeed their children. The cover photo shows a six, five, six, seven-year-old at his mother's breast, and boy, did the readers write in. Because let's face it, something seems quite wrong about this going on for very long. So how long are we to be on this milk that Peter speaks of? In fact, that's Paul's precise counterpoint. He and Peter are not having this little tete-a-tete, but is Paul's counterpoint to Peter's point. And I want you to see Paul for a moment. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. There's just three texts here. So this is number two. 1 Corinthians, no study guide today, but you're remembering the text. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Take a look at this. So Paul comes along and says, I want to talk about, you want to talk about milk? Let me talk about milk. 
1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready for solid food. Paul says, listen, I can't believe you people. You're acting like a bunch of babies. You're still on the bottle. You're still on the bottle. When are you going to get off the bottle? When are you going to move to solid food? You're just not ready. Paul would have had a huge issue with the Time Magazine cover story. You got to go on and grow from beyond the bottle. In fact, Hebrews picks up the point. Here's the third one. Hebrews chapter 5. Now, those of us who have journeyed through the building just 100 yards away called the Theological Seminary, know that when you come to Hebrews, you say the author of Hebrews writes. There are some who believe it's Paul, others who aren't sure who, but let's just go to Hebrews. Awfully similar, by the way, these words were what Paul just wrote to the Corinthians. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Hebrews 5, verse 12. Let's put that on the screen for you. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. You should be on solids by now, but you, actually you couldn't handle it. Keep reading, verse 13. Anyone who lives on milk, okay, here's the bottle. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Verse 14, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. What's the writer of Hebrews saying? What are all three of these passages suggesting to us? When you read them, as we have in order, it's clear that the God's, God's Word is not concerned about what age do you switch from milk to solid food. And the Bible gets into this milk versus solid food discussion. It isn't about anatomical or physical growth. The Bible's dealing with spiritual growth. In fact, the huge issue here is maturity, spiritual maturity. How long are you going to be on this? When are you going to, if we can use the words, when will you grow up? Ever had anybody tell you to grow up? Oh, we've all heard it. As kids, we've heard it. It hurts a little bit when people say that, especially when you're my age. <laughs> grow up. And I apologize for all the parents who remember the time or times we said to that youngster or child, when are you going to grow up? Ann Landers. You ever heard of Ann Landers? Yeah. Social commentator. Had a little award-winning nationally syndicated column. Ann Landers got... And I'm going to Ann Landers because, get this, her twin sister... Dear Abby. You ever heard of Dear Abby? She died this week, 94 years old. Ann Landers died in 2002. They were twins. I think from, 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 uh, from, from Europe. Came to this country, became the most influential social commentators. Americans, when we still read newspapers, went to, well, what would she say? So Ann Landers, somebody sent her from Indiana, as it turns out. I tore this out in Oregon years ago. I've used this in 100 baby dedications. Somebody from Indiana sends her, hey, Ann, have you ever seen this uh, wet oatmeal kisses? It really touched my heart. Ann Landers writes, by, writes back, dear S.H., it touched mine too. Thanks for sharing. And then she publishes this. Let me just read it to you. If you're, if you're a child, you got parents. If your parents 
you had children. Wet oatmeal kisses. The baby is teething. The children are fighting. Your husband just called and said, eat dinner without me. One of these days, you'll explode and you'll shout to the kids, why don't you grow up and act your age? And they will. Or, you guys, get outside and find yourself something to do and don't slam the door. And they don't. You'll straighten up their bedrooms, all neat and tidy, toys displayed on the shelf, hangers in the closet, animals caged. You'll yell, now I want it to stay this way. And it will. You'll prepare a perfect dinner with salad that hasn't had all the olives picked out and a cake with no finger traces in the icing. And you'll say, now this is a meal for company and you will eat it alone. You'll yell, I want complete privacy on the phone. Do you hear me? No screaming. And no one will answer. No more plastic tablecloths stained with spaghetti. No more dandelion bouquets. No more iron-on patches. No more wet knotted shoelaces, muddy boots, or rubber bands for ponytails. Imagine a lipstick with a point. No babysitter for the New Year's Eve. Washing clothes only once a week. No PTA meetings or silly school plays where your child is a tree. No carpools, blaring stereos, or forgotten lunch money. No more Christmas presents made of library paste and toothpicks. No wet oatmeal kisses. No more tooth fairy. No more giggles in the dark. Scraped knees to kiss or sticky fingers to clean. Only a voice asking, why don't you grow up? And the silence echoes. I did. Isn't that poignant? Wow. Grow up. Doesn't sound like a very... Inviting invitation to me. But there's another way you can do the grow-up invitation. Because you're mommy. <laughs> and, and you got your little one there, and you have a spoonful of Gerber's smashed peas in that spoon. And you're circling around that child, aren't you? Remember that? Come on, kids, you remember your, 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 your mama doing this? Okay, now open that mouth. Open that mouth. Ooh, the plane's coming, the plane's coming. You want to grow up and be like daddy? Open your mouth. Here it comes. You want to be like mommy when you grow up? Open your mouth. Here you go. Ooh, the door's still closed. Coming back one more time. Choom! And there were five, six, seven of more. What's happening? Grow up now is a big deal. I want to grow up and be like dad. I want to grow up and be like mom. I want to grow up. That's what Peter and Paul are doing. They're talking about growing up. Milk, solid food. It's all about growing into full maturity in our dearest friend on earth and in the universe, Christ Jesus. So Peter comes along and said, hey, listen, our heavenly parent has come to us and he's given some milk. Take the milk. It's good for you. Elementary teachings, initial relationship with Jesus. This is good. You need this. Paul comes along and says, hey, listen. No, no. Our heavenly parent comes to us. He says, it's time for solids. You got to eat. You got to go deeper, deeper truths, deeper friendship. They're not talking past each other. They're making the same point. In fact, you think about this. Look how many times the Bible extends God's invitation to go deeper. Watch this. You know, this when Jesus in the wilderness. It is written. Man and woman shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus himself said, what is this, John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Solid food, drink, eat, and grow in me. Jeremiah comes along and says, I got the message. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. Solid food, grow up. 
You'll be like me. Job says, hey, don't leave me out. I have treasured the words of God's mouth more than my daily bread, solid food. This is through Holy Scripture. Our heavenly parent is pleading with us, please, please grow up. Grow up so that you can be like me. Grow up. I want you to grow up. In fact, what he's really saying is, I want you to grow up together. Emphasis on together. One more text. Paul again, Ephesians 4. Look at this. He pulls all, this, all the strings together. Ephesians chapter 4, page number 788 in the Pew Bible. One more. Ephesians chapter 4, let's pick it up in verse 14. Then we, now notice all the together words here, together. Then we, all of us here, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. No, no, no. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we, all of us, we will grow up to become in every respect the mature body, all of us, of him who is the head, that is Christ, from Jesus, the whole body, all of us together, joined and held together. There's the actual word together. Joined and held together by every supporting ligament. We grow and we build ourselves up in love as each does its work. Grow up together. You know what? If I were tweeting today's teaching in three words, and I were tweeting right now, here's what I would do. Here's, here's today's teaching in three words. Grow up together. That's it. The together is important. Grow up together. And that, my friends, is what this little, you see it in your uh, worship bulletin today? That is what this little catalog is about. I left mine on my desk in the office. Bless you, thanks. That's what this little, that's what this little uh, catalog is about. Pull it out. Just take a moment before we, we have the benediction. Pull this little catalog out, will you? Should be in every worship building. You didn't get one? Uh, uh, ushers, let's just make sure everybody here in the balcony and here uh, gets one. Just hold your hand up if you didn't get one. This is a revised from last week, by the way. It's been, it's been added to. So if you, if you want, want the revised, just hold your hand up as well. That's what this catalog is about, growing up in Jesus, growing up in his word, but grow up together. Grow up together. What's this about? Well, around here you've been hearing four words lately. Connect, grow serve, go. Do you know what those four words are? If you want to become a radical follower of Christ, we call it disciple. The New Testament calls it disciple. You want to become a disciple, a follower of Christ, that's exactly how you do it. That and no more. Connect with Jesus. That's what we do on Sabbath right here. Grow by connecting with others. That's what the New Testament church did. Serve. Find a way to give back and then go for him. Go all over the world for him. Connect, grow, serve, go. You've been hearing those four words. This university congregation now realizes that is, that is what we've been called to do. Become disciples for Jesus. Connect, grow, serve, go. In fact, everything we do in this church is either connect, grow, serve, go. And if we come across something that is not connect, grow, serve, go, it's out quietly. We don't make a big fanfare about it. It's just over. Because that's what the New Testament church in Acts, and that's what discipling is. Connect, grow, serve, go. In fact, one of our young adults, and you've seen this before, perhaps, I just love this little video that he put together. So uh, let's put it on the screen. I want you to watch this.
church is more than just a building. It's about people. Here at Pioneer, we believe in helping transform this generation to be more like Jesus through four steps. Step one, connect. Connect with God through biblical teaching and inspiring worship. Step two, grow. Grow in your relationship with God and others by joining a grow group. These groups cover a wide variety of interests, so we're sure there's one waiting for you. Step three, serve. There are countless ways to serve here in the church and in the neighborhood. The best place to serve is where you're using your God-given gifts, talents, and passions. Pioneer has the volunteer teams to help you do just that. And finally, go. This step moves you outside the church and into your world through opportunities provided by our grow groups, local partnerships, and public outreach events to bring the world to Christ. Just a very simple little video clip to remind us. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ in the third millennium. You connect, you grow, you serve, you go. That's it. Everything you do, those four. Now, here's the big question. So, how do we grow? We know about the connect, okay, but how, how does this grow really work? Nelson Searcy and Carrick Thomas in their book, Activate, in that book, I came across this single line. This line spoke volumes to me. See how it affects you. I'll put the line on the screen for you here. I don't grow if I'm not stepping out of my comfort zone and exposing myself to new people and new ideas. Because listen, guys, look, if I refuse to expose myself to new people and I don't want to expose myself to new ideas, I cannot grow. I stagnate. And do you know what the definition of stagnate is? Stagnation is embracing status quo. I just want to stay where I am. That's stagnation. How did I say it? I don't grow if I'm not stepping out of my comfort zone. I've got to meet new people. I have, to, I have to encounter new ideas. You know what? That is, that's precisely what these grow groups are all about. New people and new ideas. Remember from last week? 15 to 20 people. That's it. Big group. Meeting only 10 to 12 weeks. You do not covenant to spend the rest of your life with this group, nor are you joining the group in order to discover intimacy in the group. These groups are not designed for that quest. Now, last week I made a mistake. I spoke a line that I should not have spoken. I said, listen, you want intimacy? Get married. And then I heard from somebody who was watching live streaming in the nation's capital. Got an email. It was not President Obama. <laughs> he could have been watching, he just didn't send me an email. So anyway, this viewer says, hey, yo, why? Come on, are you suggesting that single individuals can't experience intimacy unless they get married? Ooh, my bad, and I really mean that. That line should not have been inserted. Then this individual shared some beautiful evidences of how Jesus experienced intimacy. He wasn't married. How Paul experienced intimacy. He wasn't married. Neither was John the Baptist, but neither was Mary. Look, at they, they, but they had intimacy. So, point well made. I wrote back and apologized. My point is simply this. Grow groups are not intended to be, to be places that foster intimacy. They may come accidentally out of it, but this is short term. 10 to 12 weeks, 15 to 20 people. We're focusing on growing together. We're focusing on getting into the milk and the solids together. We eat together. 
Not only eat, by the way, spiritually, one of the 10 to 12 is set aside so we have a party together, so we're going to eat physically. And don't forget, one of the 10 is also set aside so we do a service project together. So we're going to have social time, we're going to have service time, but it's just like the church in Acts. They, they, they got into the Word, they got into prayer, they had fellowship or koinonia, and they broke bread together. So that's what these grow groups are going to do. I'm going to put that line back up because I think this line speaks to a lot of us, particularly in an educated setting like this university where we say, you know what, I, I, I read the books. That's how I learn. Watch this. I don't grow if I'm not stepping out of my comfort zone and exposing myself to new people. Not just new ideas. We're great at new ideas around here. But new people and new ideas. This little catalog, my friends, is your invitation 66 grow groups are in here, 66 choices. Nobody's going to tell you what to choose. You choose, you win. And guess what? Already, since last week, as of noon yesterday, 328 people at Andrews University and the Pioneer Memorial Church have already signed up. That's just in one week. This is what's called our fill month. And I would love for you to take this catalog, go home today, or if you already spot something, decide today, you know what? I want to get out of my comfort zone. I want to meet new people with new ideas. This catalog is an invitation for you. I'd love to see you join. Students, by the way, do you know how many student leaders we have? 12, 14. Pastor Esther was just telling me between services. That's student-led. Do I have to join a student-led group if I'm a student? No, you can join any group you want, and the faculty can join yours, and community can join yours. It's just, but it, it, this is for students, it's for faculty, and it's for guests. Some of you are here and you're saying, listen, do I don't belong to your congregation? I, I'm not a part of your denomination. Don't have to be. This is, this is, you're going to love this. There is a subject here that might be just what you'd be intrigued with. And guess what? When you go to that, when you go to that group, everybody in the group shares the same interests. We're not all there because we don't want to be there. Everybody's there because they love this, they're, they're going to enjoy this exploration. So, if Frank Newport from the Gallup organization is right, Americans are looking, let's put it back on the screen, Americans are looking for, how did he put it here, ad hoc groupings, that, is, that has grow groups written all over it, ad hoc groupings, that means informal, just kind <clears> of <throat> put together for a short time, <clears throat> pardon me, Americans are looking for ad hoc groupings, informal networking, and interaction with those who share affinities, you know what that means, that means you have similar interests, and every grow group will have people who have similar interests, or you wouldn't be in the group, so America is ripe for grow groups. Andrews and this community are ripe as well. I hope you'll, I hope you'll sign up. In fact, I want to end with a story right now. But first, the, the, the Connect card. Because here's a chance for you to sign up. If you'd like to sign up right now, let's take the uh, Connect card. Do, do you have the Connect card in your, uh, your worship bulletin? Everybody get a Connect card. Pull it out. It's this little card. It looks like this. Thank you, guests. All right, musicians. Yeah, you get ready because we're going to need you in just a second. Uh, everybody get a Connect card? Okay, pull the Connect card out. Guess, and regulars alike, we all fill this out every week. You put your name on here, address, if you wish, some demographic information. But we're going to need an email address. And so here's the deal. If you fill this out, we're going to need, number one, be able to read your email address. So before you put, drop it in the offering plate in just a second, would you hand it to the person next to you and say, read my email address? If it's legible... But I tell you what, there is a place where your handwriting is even better, and that is go online and register there. We can read your handwriting. And there'll be a, there'll be a website in the catalog, you see it. You can go online, do this just like that. Okay. So, 
If you want to register right now, hey, turn it over. Let's, let's, let's talk about the next step. And we'll, then we'll, uh, I'm going to share the story with you. So my next step today, every, every time we end with this Connect card, there's a word about the next step. Because there's no point in coming to the end of a teaching and not doing anything about it. I need to do something about what God is saying. So here are three options for you. Option number one, I thank God for his spiritual milk, but I want to grow up on his solid food. I want to grow up. I want to, keep, I want to, I want to be on the solids as well. The grow groups are about a combination of both. Put a, I think we'd all put a check mark right there. Got it. Here's number two. I would like to join a grow group. Please send me a link to the new catalog. Well, you can actually go to our website. You'll get the link, but we'll be happy to send it to you. So you're watching somewhere in the nation right now and you'd like to have, the, you'd like to have this uh, catalog, we'll send it to you. We'll give you a link. You can go online and get it. But here's number three. This is the one I want you to take a moment with. I would like to join this grow group and here are my first three choices. Now, two things about this, this step. You have to put, please, the day of the week, the letters, there are two letters. S-U at the beginning means this group meets on Sunday, M-O and so on and so on, all seven days. Please make sure you put the letters of the day because if you just put the number, it could be a number on any day of the week and we wouldn't know which grow group you want to join. So put uh, grow group number and then one, second choice, third choice. We've had some groups already fill in just the last week. So put your second and third. You don't know, I don't know. But just to be safe, put the three choices so we can go. We know that your next interest is and so on. Piece of cake. We're going to turn this in right now. If you have it filled out right now, we'll go. Take advantage of this. This is going to be an enjoyable experience. Starts February 1. Ready to go. So we'll come by in just a moment, but I promise you the story. Here's the story. I don't know, it's possible you've heard about this story. I went online and found it. In fact, I saw this picture yesterday. The name of this young man, Johnny Lechner. He was a student at the University of Wisconsin at Whitewater, enrolled in the university, settled into his classwork around the age of 18, all right? Just like freshmen here, 18. He loves it. But you've heard about people trying to squeeze four years into maybe five or six. Johnny Lechner has tried to squeeze four years into 12. He loves college. He just loves it. Almost 12 years. He ended up Dave Letterman. I saw the video clip yesterday. He ended up on Dave Letterman because, I mean, who goes to college for 12 years? He's taken so many classes, he has three majors and three minors. And he's still not sure, by the way, what he wants to do when he grows up. <laughs> the guy, is, was, his last year, was trying to figure out how to get two spring breaks out of one. He just loves school. Give me another spring break. He ran for student government. His platform was, I have great college experience. <laughs> you win. Anyway, the university finally got wind of it. They're not dumb over there. Building. Figured it out. You are out of here in three months. And he had to graduate in May. Gone. Now, here's the point. Are you like that? Am I like that? Hanging around the church in my comfort zone, never graduating. Just taking another class. Just taking another class. I just love it around here. Could it be we're like that? No new ideas, no new people, just, just, just kind of going with the flow and riding with the tide. My friend, if you want to grow, and I'm talking about growing spiritually now, and by the way, if you don't grow, you will shrivel and you will die eventually. If you want to grow up together, these grow groups are a perfect opportunity for you. Scribble down your number. Make sure we can read it. We'll get you on the list. We'll send you an email. Then 48 hours, you get an email saying, are you in the class? You're going to love it.
It's no wonder the Bible has this one line in it. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about grow up together. And we must together. Let's pray. Oh God, thank you for not just giving us milk. We love milk. We loved our mothers. We still do. We still like milk. But if we had stayed on milk, what shriveled specimens would we be today? You gave solids to add to the milk. And so, Father, out of the food of the Word, the food of the Lord Jesus, who is the bread himself, out of a deepening friendship with the God of this universe, may we grow up together. No lone rangers in the kingdom. In a circle, new faces, new ideas, out of my comfort zone, that's how we grow. Take our humble decisions. Make this an unforgettable journey. Extend it 12 weeks long, but make it special. Now, our, our morning tithes and offerings, take this, what's yours, we return, what is out of our meager substance, we cheerfully give. Bless this act of worship, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.